0: For logbook servicing you can rely on, you need to make the right choice. You need trained professionals who are fully qualified to service your car according to manufacturer's specifications. For real peace of mind and a nationwide warranty, book in or book online at repcoservice.com. And loveracing.nz forward slash ownership is where you can go for all of your ownership queries. Now, Sean Clotworth is on the line with us at five minutes past nine. Morning, Sean. Morning, guys. How you going? Yes, very good. Great to have you on the show. And a uh, couple of interesting runners for you today, uh, and one in particular, Malt Time, who's did set flying at the moment, mate. And there's an interesting backstory about well, Malt Time's owners, and we ca- you came across this mare. So why don't we start there, and as we work towards her chances today?
1: Yeah, well, she's um, owned by Paul and Carrie Bory, and obviously, Bory uh, Bill Bory raced and trained Miss Potential, who was a uh, champion mayor in New Zealand some years ago. And uh, he picked this mare up off Gavel House, I think, for about four K and um yeah, she's she's done a good job for him. Very well, good job. And it is flying at the moment, it's going really well.
2: Shawnee, um it's Mickey, mate. You, you guys have had a fair bit of yeah, success mate. with um with Gavel House. obviously this one was picked up by somebody else but joined the stable, but of course you had that good sprinter last year you picked picked up for six thousand, didn't you, who's, who's now ended up in yeah, Aussie? Is it just,
1: still still just Aussie? Yeah, just the he's, um he He's been over to Australia. I think he won about half a million in Australia. And then back to New Zealand now, we're going to set him probably for the railway, or he's been set for the railway. So he's oh. back in our stable. But uh, When, when do we would, see him uh, at the trials, mate? Uh, he'll probably go to the trials to Power on Tuesday, or he'll uh, go to Evandale and have a uh, gallop on the course proper on Monday, one of the two. So um, he'll either be out of the trials at Wiper or Evandale? Next, uh, are you uh, next a you a
2: Gable House man, shorty, You the sort of person who logs on and sits there and ploughs through a couple, or does Emma do that? Who's in charge of gavel House at the the clock with uh, you?
1: Uh, no, I'm Um, oh, we've got quite a few from gavel House because Terry Lyons is a big client of mine, and he um he supports gavel House tremendously, buying a lot of horses off it. And uh, we've got to look and uh, you know just see if we can find anything. My son Harrison, he's uh, he's always looking at it. So yeah, between all of us, we. We have a little dabble
0: there.
1: It's, it's like, been uh, yeah, it's pretty,
0: pretty, pretty kind to us, yeah, these yeah. horses. Going Very super, good. mate. That's, a, that's great news. Just to canter coming back. People will be thrilled with that because he's um, been a bit of a fan favourite and made, made some people some money over the last wee while. Malt time today, she has this preparation. I thought she was a great bet two starts ago. Then I thought she was a good bet again last week, and she just – well, she just keeps impressing, doesn't she? So I guess today the, the query and the thing I want to know from you before I'd say she could be an each-way bet is this heavy track. I mean, what do you suspect she's going to be able to get like get through it like? She's had a third on a heavy before, but is there anything that tells you that she won't cop it?
1: Yeah, well, she's got quite a bit of brilliance, Louis, eh? so um, you know, that would be a little bit of a worrying factor, but uh, Masa... Went out and walked the track this morning before he came to work, and he said it was better than you'd expect. Um, I spoke to Nigel Tiley this morning. He said that it, he thought it was on the range of the old dead six, bordering on slow seven. Um, there's brilliant sunshine now at White like It's just um, really, really clear and, and bright. So we're just hoping that the track uh, just continues to improve a little bit during the day. Yeah, So, uh, yeah, you know, a bit unknown on the heavy ground, I, I would... Be touch nervous about that, but if it is race okay, yeah, I'll be, be happy to run her. If it's a, if it's a sort of an old, you know, slow seven type of track, yeah, definitely
0: happy.
2: Shawnee away from uh, from training, you used to train. Oh. He's a shocker, and now of course, you guys have retained a small piece in it. It's over there in Australia, and it must have been an enormous thrill to see it run second, albeit relegated to third. And the the champions yeah. race were a three million the other day, like that's that serious play, and obviously worth a, a bit of money.
1: Yeah, no, that's right, Mick. It was um yeah, it was great. I was sitting on the couch by myself. I went back from Tu last uh or well, two weeks ago and then watched the race and yeah, I just yeah, couldn't believe it really. It was a huge thrill, It was a, yeah, he was a it was a really nice horse and it was a shame that we uh had to sell him, but we've uh the, the Syndicate in New Zealand that raced him in New Zealand have retained forty percent of him and uh he's doing a great job over there. It looks like he's a he's a serious horse. Mick, Mick I, was, I spoke to it sales, and he's, um, he's got some sort of lofty ambitions for him. next preparation.
2: With a horse like him, when he's in a Mick Price-type barn, do you find yourself yep. just enjoying the experience as an owner, or does does your trainer hat come on? Do you think to yourself, I would have done this, or I would have put the blinkers on, or, or do you just mm-hmm. let it be?
1: Yeah, no, well, funny story, because I, um, I couldn't believe that Mick was running him, actually. He was down in Sydney and, and ran in the Roswell Cup, and then he, he, he um, shipped him back to uh, Melbourne, during the week, and I thought, man, what are you doing? You're mad. Um, but I told him that afterwards. <laughs> but uh, yeah, he, he was right. <laughs> he was right. Yeah. So the horse travelled back from you know from Sydney down to Melbourne. It's a, it's a long trip during the week, and uh, and then it up in that company. And, yeah. Shorty, that
2: that's <laughs> why Mick Price is a millionaire and you're not. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> hey, um, are you he still did remind me that of the <laughs> Are you still the head of the Trainers Association, Sean? Yes, I'm still
1: head of the Trainers Association,
2: so yeah. yeah. You, you and I are talking during the week. There's been uh, some grumbling from the Trainers yeah. Association. Do you, I believe you, you don't think there's a uh, a good relationship between the Trainers Association and the Racing Integrity Board. What form does that take? Oh well,
1: you know, I'm not saying that it's not a good relationship, but like um, the Trainers Association, part of my role is just looking to make sure that our resources are, are used in the right direction, Mick. So, you know, we've all got limited resources and we've been racing for, you know, limited type of stakes for quite some time now. So, um, yeah, I just want to make sure that the money that we get in this industry has been put in the right places. So uh, do we need to have a budget um, like we've got for racing integrity? In my opinion, no, we don't. Um, It could be better put in infrastructure and education, which is uh, part of the another racing act for that uh, gaming money and yeah i just want to make sure that you know it's going in the right direction so yeah we'll be we'll be challenging that
0: in in your role sean i imagine you kind of have to survey and um but you know speak to the every sort of trainer up and down the country i've just spent a week down on the west coast and jumped the fence and had a look around kamara because i always wanted to see the old track there do you get to travel much and do you talk to all the different levels and hobby trainers, part-time trainers, the, the the full-scale syndicators? Are you getting a good read on how everybody's feeling at the moment?
1: Yeah, well, you try to, Louie. You know, you try and um, talk to as many people as you can. Obviously, you just you know you can't be ringing everybody, but um, yeah, you know, like, I'm always on the phone and, and talking to people and you know, sort of getting a feeling of what's happening right around New Zealand. I was um, down across it uh, last week, and then anything right, and oh, I, I was racing that Andrew Carson's trains for us now, but um, didn't have anything myself down there, so I went down there. I mean, I've been to the West Coast, as Mick knows. i spent plenty of time over there, and funny, when I took over the uh, the Trainers Association, uh, Pike, he said he had... Uh, I took it over from Tony Pike, and uh, he said he'd had a call from um, someone that uh, lived in... Uh, just out the back of Ramay somewhere, and uh, I said, yeah, well, I know where that is. He'd, he didn't even know, know where it was, so... No, I definitely uh, yeah <laughs> been around with world a bit, so um, yeah, yeah, you know, you listen to everyone's opinion, and um, and and part of the being a association, you've got to do what's right for for everybody. You know, like you're not just uh, doing just one for the big players; you're trying to encompass everyone in it.
2: Sean, the news has come out from NZTR that they're going to have. Um, extra compensation after the Rickerton debacle last week where trainers who had to stay for an extra couple of days can claim compensation for accommodation and and some of the jockeys can claim for their flights. Is that enough? Um, considering they can't control all the tracks at this stage, are they doing enough yeah. to help people out after what happened last weekend?
1: Well, uh, there's, there's limited money probably, Mick, so, you know, that's, that's something. And, uh, you know, obviously it'd, it'd probably cost people... More than the compensations uh, going to be, but uh, yeah, you know, at least at least they're doing something. I spoke to Bruce about it, and um, I thought it was it was fair enough that uh, what they'd given them, and, and it's as much as they could. And all we've just got to all work together and and try and get a handle on on these tracks and uh, make sure we've got our our infrastructure, you know, a lot better than it's been in the last sort of six months.
0: Fair enough, Sean, and I think we're all in that boat, mate. Hey, just back to to today before we uh, let you go and crack on with your your morning. Um, you do have a couple of mm-hmm. other runners other than Malt time Bella Lucia, and in the first Lashana, do you have? And Molly's games, and I'm pretty sure. Do you have a, a chance, or is there something you'd point us to, or either a place, or a win, or an each way chance? What's the, pick, yeah, of the yeah. pick of the litter? Yeah, probably Lashana. Yeah, she hit
1: the line good last time. Was um, strain on well. I think uh, the track will suit her, and uh, getting a toe on the ground will definitely suit her. She's performed on uh, on off tracks at the trials, so yeah, she's a nice little progressive fully. So, i was take my shot
0: on the first. Oh, there's an each way chance. Yeah, good stuff. There you go, Sean Clotworthy uh trains a partnership with Emma, of course. Thanks so much, Sean. We'll catch up again soon.
1: Good guys, thank you.
0: It's really
2: interesting how important it is to have a national view. I mean, Sean buzzes around the
0: country. He's a social guy. He likes going to other carnivals, but it's really important because – Well, the the climate changes personality-wise, as you know, Mick – the further south you go and the further west you go and the further east you go, it's the, not just the opinions that change. The personalities of the region have t- completely or different th- they're versions. More, they're
2: more laconic in the South Island. You know, it, it, it's, there's not a lot of hype. And and it's very easy to think that racing is Taupo North because most of the good horses are trained in Matamata or Cambridge or, or north of Bailey Park or whatever. But racing is just as important in the CD and just as important in the South Island. It may not be where the big money is, but so many of the people who end up being great trainers come from small towns. And if you keep, you know, you need to understand what's going on in those towns because the next best jockey in New Zealand isn't going to be born in Auckland. The champion trainer in New Zealand is not going to be born in Auckland. They're not going to be born in Wellington either they got to come from small towns so unless you can embrace racing and keep them going in those small towns because that's where the skeltons came from that's where james macdonald came from you know M- michael walker wasn't born in parnell you know these guys these young kids who end up being our champion jockeys and almost all of our champion trainers never live in cities your entire lives. And that's why you need to have an understanding of what's going on in the regions because that's where the horse people come from.
0: Well, Mick, it's something I'm really passionate about. I completely agree with everything you just said there. But look, industry-wide, like sectors, different sectors... I think it's so important we preserve small town New Zealand and the cultures, and we listen to the personalities of those different towns around New Zealand because so many brilliant Kiwis have come from out of towns. We can't be city and central centres focused because you just you silence. The brilliance that will come, and everybody deserves their fair crack. I mean, I'm biased because I'm from Leithfield Beach in North Canterbury. I understand you're from the West Coast, so I know we probably are along the same lines. And people in cities might say, "Oh, whatever." Like you know, people. Why do people always end up in Auckland? Because you got to come here. Yeah, but you need to listen, and you need to hear and understand the lifeblood and the, the heartbeat of those tiny little towns. You need to keep injecting them with the essay and keep injecting them with infra- infrastructure and things to keep them alive because eventually, if you just get everybody having the same, everybody comes from the same places, the opinions will be the same. We will have no brilliance. There won't be those little moments, the skeletons, as well, you say. It's the pipeline. It's the pipeline of
2: talent. If you listed the 100 most successful jockeys in New Zealand history or trainers or media people, Or whatever, and if even if you listed the hundred most successful owners or breeders, virtually none of them would have been born in Central Wellington, Central Auckland, or Central Christchurch. They're not. That's not where people come from. Sir Peter Vella wasn't born in. in, Patrick Hogan. These people aren't born. They're land people. They come from smaller towns. They love the horse because you don't spend millions on them. You know, you don't spend millions on horses unless you come from somewhere where horses are relevant, and that's why it's so important that you have the Timaru's and not just the Grampians, but the Invercargills and Nelson and Marlborough. These are places I'm scared are going to lose that racing Ooh, fabric.
0: The, the Taranaki, um, like the, the Otaki, like the there's so many different places that you well, can ha- point ha- to Hastings, Hastings. And, and we're not saying that. We don't understand why the racing, yeah, the racing obviously has to come to the population eventually, but I just, I'm so big on, and this is not just racing for me, I'm talking different industries, I'm talking sport, I'm talking culture, I'm talking infrastructure, I'm talking productivity. I'm, I think it's so important that we keep small town New Zealand and regional New Zealand with a heartbeat because the minute we let it die, we'll never get that brilliance back.